When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host, Greg. I am with Ryan tonight. This is episode 255. We're going to try really, 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 really hard to not get too angry tonight. I can't be very loud because I have sleeping children upstairs. Ryan's in the same situation, so we probably have to keep our volume a little low. But this episode may get a little heated. Uh, we're going to cover some things before we get to the garbage. The Red Wings are currently playing. The Dallas Stars are up 1-0 right now. What a pretty goal, too. Beautiful feed by Fabry. It's sprung. Like a one-touch backhander. He was right set up in the middle of the ice, and he just smacked, basically swatted it right back to Sprong, caught on his forehand, beat whoever is in net for Dallas. I don't think we established that. Right through the past the glove. Great. Good. Huge start. Given the circumstances, which I know we're about to cover. Biscuit in the basket, baby. How you doing, Ryan? Um, pretty good, all things considered. Uh, frustrated and angry at a particular fan base yet again, because why not? It, 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 we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, it's it's understandable to be frustrated. Oh, it is. So it is Jake Ottinger in goal. It is Ottinger? Uh, okay, well, hopefully we can keep that going because he's terrifying. Yeah, so I think where we're going to start tonight is we'll start with some happy-ish stuff. So after coming off a really hot streak, the Red Wings were doing really, really well. And then they faced the trap game that was the San Jose Shard. Uh, went up 4 nothing, completely collapsed defensively. They didn't play well the defensively. Same well, they didn't play defensively when At they all. were going up 4 nothing. No. And, and then the, the Sharks just caught up and they, every goal went in. It was like every issue we've talked about them having up to this point in the season came out in one foul swoop with them going up for nothing because I thought that place was going to erupt on that fourth goal to put them ahead. And then they went on the power play and everything just completely unraveled. They had two shorthanded goals against. They allowed a goal shortly after that same power play. So two shorthanded goals yep. on one power play. Because for whatever reason, we just think, oh, we're up big. We don't have to be as uh, smart or played safe hockey in a, in, a, in a sense. And then shortly after that, they scored their third goal. And then fourth goal is all with, with seven goals in six minutes or something like that between both teams. 
but it was just pathetic. And there really was no excuse for it. But I'll, I'll let you kind of continue and kind of go from there. Yeah, you're right. It was a microcosm of literally every negative thing from this season happening all at once. You had poor goaltending. You had defensive lapses. You had forwards not back-checking. You had, like you said, two shorthanded goals in a game. You also had two goals 13 seconds apart by Michael Rasmussen. So it was good to see Rass start to heat up. Uh, the big thing now is if Rass doesn't start using his size to his advantage, there's going to be a really big problem here pretty soon because he has the tool set to be a physical player and it seems like he's allergic to contact. So that's been an issue. The Red Wings had that game. But again, we talked about it from the beginning. It's a trap game. If you sit back on the Sharks, they're going to score because they've mm-hmm. been scoring in bunches. And they did. I called I called that shit yeah, before the absolutely. game that this is a game that potentially scares me because of the way San Jose has been playing. And wouldn't you freaking know it? In your strongest Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Oh, right? yeah, it was. That's what it is. So the Red Wings lose that game. But the big thing in that game was the the debut of Patrick Kane for the Red Wings, who in his oh, time in that game looked fantastic. The him and Kat haven't missed a beat in their couple years apart because I'm trying to keep it tempered. But watching how he was in that first game and then watching how he played with a short for a shorthanded Red Wings squad in that game against Ottawa, he he looks amazing. Am I am I out of bounds by by saying that? Because I have loved how he has played in just two games. The the hockey IQ and his playmaking is already on display. And it's something we haven't had since I think someone made a perfect comparison since the Zetterberg. Yeah, so what you see, and and I thought he was going to get under 10 minutes. I'm like, man, they're going to ease him in because he's coming off a major surgery. He hasn't played a full game. He hasn't taken like literally like a full, not even like a scrimmage or anything like that. And he hasn't played for such a long time. Played 16 minutes and 33 seconds in his first game. Had 22 shifts, had three shots on goal. He had a couple almost go in, looked great right off the bat. And then you move to the Ottawa game. And he had 19 minutes and 53 seconds. Now, granted, for a good portion of the game, they were playing with eight to nine forwards. Yeah. So you're double shifting guys left and right. He gets his first goal, which was an absolute beauty. He had 27 shifts and he had seven shots on net. Now, Patrick Kane, you can see a little bit that he, no, he does not play defense. Um, that's not, and he's also tempering his wouldn't say that he doesn't play defense he actually had a really good back check in that game that even the broadcast specifically called out where he had a good stick lift forced basically a turnover that forced the puck back and then Detroit was able to take it back the other way so it's not it's not a it's not an Ovechkin let's put it that way it's not vintage Ovechkin where they literally had to tell him he was gonna play defense or just (laughs) so no, I mean, he's not going to be a defensive stalwart, though, at forward. No. But what he's giving you and what it looks like he's going to give you, and again, two games, so we need to chill, is the offense is there. Hard not to, because it was fun. The playmaking is there. The speed is there. That's the other part of it. Now, he's going to avoid board battles. He's going to avoid contact for a bit, because it's scary to get hit after you have a major surgery like that. But, I mean, it's as advertised. And if he can keep it up, like you say, like, uh, I don't think amazing is too big of a word to use based on the circumstances. No, he's he's playing amazing for what he has, what he's coming back from. So 
again, Patrick Kane, if it pays off and he plays the whole season and after the season, he's like, I feel great. I still feel the same now as I felt on day one. I think that's definitely a player that you go into the off season. You set some money aside for. Yeah. Um, I could even see a possible extension before the end of the season. If he wants to, if he wants to stay here an extension before the end of the season. If his hip holds up. I think I said it right before his first game that I could see this playing out. If all things actually go well, like you just kind of hinted to him being a replacement for David Perron in the sense that you can shelter him in minutes if you need to, but he can be an offensive force in particular ways, whether it's the power play or you have him on your second and third line and you don't got to worry about it. And he's, but the biggest thing is, is as long as he's helping your team put points up, whether he's getting assists or scoring goals, that's what's going to matter. And I think that's what we've seen with Perron the last couple of years. And if that's what Kane can do, now you've Perron in a way has become expendable. And the only reason I even mentioned that he becomes expendable is because of age. Because they're yeah, I mean, Kane's the your same veteran point. replacement. He's your sure. veteran replacement at that point. But it's an ele- It's a completely different type of skill set that you don't like as we saw Zetterberg getting toward his end of his career, even with the back injury, he didn't have the speed. He didn't have the strength, but it didn't leave up top and it didn't leave the hands. The skill was still there and he still helped produce. And I think I can see that type of play coming from a cane over the next couple of years. If that's how it came about stays healthy. And that's what they went with because Perron, who knows what's going to happen with him. Right now, uh, we'll get into it in a minute. I won't try to jump ahead of where we're at, but if you live under a rock, you already know what's happening there. But I think that'd be a great alternative to bring in because then you can spend worry about less money on a guy like a Christian Fisher type player where they're the, the grinder roughhouse type of player and you're not having to worry about it. You're not spending $5 million on it. Yeah, I think we had talked that, about that a little bit is where we we had said that even if Kane's legs don't keep up with him and even if the hips go kind of wonky again, as mm-hmm. long as he can still skate even decently. Which he's shown that affected. already. Yeah, the hands aren't affected by it. The brain's not affected by it. The vision's not affected by it. He's still, Patrick Kane's a playmaker. He's mm-hmm. still able to make those plays regardless of how fast he's moving. I think what it was, the big thing was the the lateral movement, being able to move side to side, which he wasn't able to do before, but now he says the crossovers feel great. And, and he can good. too. He can move along the blue line instead of doing a weird hopping motion. So it's it it's exciting. I think that's a good word to use. It's exciting that if he keeps this up, that we got a cheap, solid piece to help us move towards the playoffs. Now we just need to start winning games. So that's the other half of it. Like we need to get back on the in the win column with this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, not being helped by the fact that today the Detroit Red Wings placed JT Confer on IR retroactive to the 5th of December. Clean Costin on IR retroactive tomorrow. Could be retroactive to the 7th of December and Dylan Larkin on IR retroactive to the 9th of December. We will break that down in just a little bit. Uh, They called up Zach Aston Reese, Jonathan Berggren and Austin Zarnick. So you do still have a Debrinkit. You do still have a Patrick Kane, but you're losing your top two centers. Yeah. Right now in this game against the Dallas Stars, Andrew Kopp is your 1C. Mm. And that is scary for two reasons. One, 
Andrew Cop's not a one seed. He's not. Defensively, Two. you could argue what he could do on a top pairing or okay. top line because we see him out there on the PK quite a bit and what he can do out there. He's great defensively, but he has been... I'll, I'll let you finish your point. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll finish your sentence. Uh, not great. He yeah, has been not great this season. <laughs> um, and that's it's really scary when a guy like that is, is your 1C going into a game against the Stars, which we know are supposed to be a playoff lock. They have not been great recently. But they're a very good team. They have the ability to be a very good team, especially when Ottinger is on. Mm -hmm. Nothing goes in. So I know a lot of people are upset. Why aren't you calling up uh, Marco Casper? Why aren't you calling up Simon Edvinson? I said, why aren't you moving a defenseman to forward and calling up Edvinson? That would have been a great idea. Move a ghost, move ghost to a forward slot, move Wallman to a forward slot and see what they do. But I understand old school Red Wing style with it. Sure. I understand it, though. I mean, not even old school. They did it with Jordan Osterley last season. Uh, Brennan right? Smith, too. Yeah. 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 I don't count the Osterley, that time frame for anything. But they did do it with Brennan Smith. A more competitive type team. But you do this. You, you bring up Zach Aston Reese and you bring up Austin Zarnick. Because if JT Comfer is good to go by Thursday, then you don't need a, a long-term fill-in there. They're saying Dylan Larkin is probably out a week plus. Um, based on what it looks like, what I'm guessing is still concussion protocol or a bad bruise, but it, it just it didn't inspire a lot of confidence in the fan base that when some of your top players are down, these are the guys you call up. Yeah. The other thing that's not inspiring a lot of confidence is that Jonathan Berggren. So from Dave Pagnota earlier uh, from the fourth period, the last yesterday, Wings, right? Last night uh, out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, the Let's Go Red Wings have been engaged in trade talks lately per source. Jonathan Berggren, who was scratched in today's Grand Rapids game that is still ongoing, meaning yesterday's, is one of the players believed to be in recent discussions. And then on the blog that was posted, it says it's unknown as a type of trade the Red Wings are exploring or which teams may be involved. However, two sources told the fourth period on Sunday that the Montreal Canadiens and the Wings have had recent trade talks, though it's not been confirmed if Berggren, Berggren, was the topic of discussion. And I get it, guys. We are a fan base that gets far too attached to their prospects. The good thing is, is we have a very deep prospect pool. We've got guys that have the same kind of skill set that Berggren has. And we have just the people to trade. We've got people to trade. We've got picks to trade. We have stuff we can get rid of for a upgrade. My guess would be an upgrade in defense. Or in goal, John Gibson's available in Anaheim. You've got guys like Tanev available. You've got some people are saying Lindholm. Some people are saying uh, Noah Hannafin. So there are guys out there uh, from Montreal. I have no clue who, but Berggren is currently in trade talks. And to me, it makes sense because he's not an Iserman pick. That's what I keep going back to. He's like one of the last bastions of the Ken Holland era. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to gauge the intent with a lot of the younger players. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but from what we've heard from folks in Grand Rapids, a lot of these guys aren't ready. The only one arguably ready to make it to Detroit is Edmondson. However, I think that Berggren still is one of those guys that should be in Detroit more often than not. But I think he struggled enough in the wrong way 
early in the preseason that it set him back. And that's where that's why we see him in Grand Rapids right now. And it's kind of almost similar to what we saw a little bit last year where he started slow, but then kind of came into his own. And tonight and probably tomorrow night are going to be one of those dress rehearsals for him to try to reinforce that, hey, I should freaking be here. So if he doesn't stick around, then we know that I'm not saying in reference to a trade, I'm saying in reference to the roster that the team and management just doesn't see it right now. And that would kind of play into what we were hearing from a lot of folks. I don't know. I'm not trying to say don't be patient, but you have to because he hasn't, he showed a lot last season on a down team, but how that should have translated into this season. I think that's where the frustration with me would kind of lie. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I want him here, but I understand it to the, the same point because this team is still putting up a lot of points or a lot of goals night in and night out. They're not at a loss for offense. They're at a loss defensively, and that was easily one of his biggest gaffes from the offensive side of things is that he was not smart with the puck in his own end, and he was not as aggressive on the, the back check and also defensively as a forward, which we know that more often than not, we hear that from Newsy, but then you watch tonight, like they've already got a, a freaking goal against because of a failed clearing on, a, on the penalty kill, which the penalty kill has been absolutely atrocious. So I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird situation because Casper, I would have loved to seen him. But first, as soon as you mentioned these guys and I love the the folks out in Grand Rapids, they tell you like, no, he's, he's not looked good, which just looking at the stat line, it kind of speaks to that. So it's you damned if you do, damned if you don't. But these guys are here to do one thing and it's make a team better. And if the team doesn't think that's going to happen, they're not going to be here. And if they're not really doing that in Grand Rapids, which is one step below the NHL, why would you think that they're going to do that in the NHL? So, like I said, there's two guys that could make that happen. Potentially Beargren, likely Evan Edvinson. But it's just going to be a matter of when, not if. It's just the patience part. Because if this team really starts to collapse, then we'll start to see those changes, I think. But until that point, it is what it is. Yeah, last season in 67 games played, Berggren had 15 goals and 13 assists for 28 points, was a minus 14, had a 15.3 shooting percentage, uh, had 28 blocks, 20 hits, uh, 16 takeaways, but 26 giveaways. So there's your big part of not being great in your own zone, mm-hmm. not being super defensively sound. Uh, but he did have a Corsi 4 of 51.2 and a Fenwick of 52.6. So he was above average uh, in in possession. So possession-wise, the team got uh, more shots and quality shots on net uh, than the opposing team when Berggren was on the ice. Would it suck losing him? I guess that depends on what the return is, but you're not playing him anyways. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 uh, this coming July. He's played four games. Tonight's his fifth game for the Red Wings this season. He's got one assist. And it's just... Like you said, Newsy plays a defense first system. And when you're a young guy not playing defense in a defense first system, you're more likely to be down in the AHL working on your defense. Which in a way that's actually frustrating the way that we're talking about it, because we're we're saying how it's a defense first system. But they sure as fuck ain't playing defense right now. No, I think that's the frustrating part is that it it is a defense first system, but the they're not doing their job defensively. They, they had a really good stretch. But like we said at the start, 
all of that has seemingly gone out the window and all of the bad habits that we saw, especially early on, have just taken over. And it's now one of those things are, are they too comfortable with who's on the roster? Are they overconfident in what they're doing offensively thinking, yeah, we'll just go out and score some more. Like, I, I don't know where they're at per se, in terms of this team defense, this defensive first mindset, if you will. No, I don't know either. And it may just be the, defensemen on the team are having a downtime. I mean, like we said, Wallman played literally his worst game ever. That was really, 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 really bad. Most Cider has not been great defensively. Now it looks like Cider has traded a little bit of defense for offense because he's mm-hmm. on a good uh, on a good pace points wise. But it seems like there's a little bit of trade off there. And again, he's super young. People are getting really down on Mo saying that oh, he's average. I've seen people call him a bust. And I just don't understand that at all. But you're for there are also forwards that are not playing defense and they're letting in, they're letting up odd man rushes. They're pinching too deep in the zone. You see, I mean, Huso had what four odd man rushes on him in that San Jose game at least. Oh, yeah. And the first, uh, the first three goals actually, or first two were and the fourth one. I can't remember. The, I might be getting mixed up, but out of the four that tied the game back up, just about all of them were. In a defense-first system, when you're not playing defense, uh, it does not work too well. Um, The Red Wings did play the Ottawa Senators. Ryan, we should probably go to commercial before we spend the rest of the time talking about the Ottawa game. Yeah. Right? Inappropriate. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, Word from our sponsors, and we'll be back to talk about the Ottawa game, David Perron, Dylan Larkin, Matthew Joseph, all that garbage. Red Wings fans, you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. And now that Patrick Kane is in Detroit, those odds might just be getting better. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2003. All rights reserved. So just a little heads up before this next part of the podcast. There is a lot of very strong language. Uh, We get a little heated about the Ottawa situation. So if you have little ears that you would rather not listen to uh, very strong language, I suggest skipping ahead. I'll put some markers in the comments where you can skip ahead to where it gets a little bit more tame. And we're back, and we have not pleasant things to talk about. Mm. So uh, the Red Wings did get beat by the Ottawa Senators. Um, not surprisingly, you don't really win many games when you only have eight to nine forwards during a game. We actually time. touch on the fact that we lost to the Sharks, too, after being up 4 nothing. Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. yeah, we did not win that game against the Sharks. In overtime, but, that was awesome. But, well, we got a point. That's great. And why but, is Fabry Oh, oh Robbie Fabry. Come on, man. Down the tunnel, whatever. Um, yeah, 
so we lost to the the senators, but again, Dylan Larkin gets dead. He was unalived on the ice by Ooh. what a lot of people will tell me is a perfectly clean hockey move, I guess, getting sucker punched in the back of the head. Um, at first, I thought it was a cross check. It wasn't a cross check because he wasn't holding both um, parts of his stick. I'm almost wondering if the other part of the stick just slipped out of his hand. By the but, way he came up, I would say that was probably the case. Yeah, Matthew Joseph punches Larkin right in the back of the head, basically in the back of the head and ear area uh, into uh, but he's Parker wearing a Kelly's glove. fist. It doesn't hurt with the glove on. Was it right into Parker Kelly's fist, the butt end of his stick? Uh, when he got hunched over, Kelly was coming in and it basically caught Larkin. Right in the chin, right on the button. Yeah, right on, right on the side of the face there, right below... Right where the nerve rough area it it's yeah. So Parker Kelly, I can understand. Um his I think was more wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Uh coming in for a hit. I don't think he expected Joseph to punch Larkin in the back of the head because Kelly was going for a body hit. You went he was coming straight through. Was it gonna be a punch to the chest? Yeah, it would have been a typical scrum moment where yeah. that one I'll I'll buy it. I'll believe that one all day. That was a typical scrum. He never was going up. He was going straight through. Yeah, but the Joseph hit is the initial cause of of everything. So, and I'm going to put up two things right on the screen. Uh, Colin Gillies on Twitter, did Larkin look unconscious before Kelly even hit him? Kelly initiated his hit at Larkin's, what would have been Larkin's waist. Joseph sucker punched the back of Larkin's head, bent him over so that Kelly could hit him basically square in the jaw. And uh, Joseph had an interview today, which, again, no, no, I don't know why Sportsnet would even post that. They did like a one minute interview where he answered questions about it. He's like, you know, this game just goes so fast and I'm just trying to clear the puck out. Okay, first, you don't clear the puck out by punching someone in the back of the head. You would clear the puck out. The puck is on the ice. It wasn't on the back of Larkin's head. And if you can't control yourself enough to not punch someone like that. What are you even doing playing hockey? Like get off the ice then at that point. And sure. You can say that you don't think it was malicious and whatever. It, look at both the pictures. Look at the, the video itself. He punched him in the back of the head. Yeah. That's what happened. There's no legit hiding that point. It drives me absolutely insane. The reaction to it, I think, is what pisses me off even more. It, it just shows how, and I'm not trying to give them any more airtime than they fucking deserve, but the entire Senators fan base, I apologize if you're actually a good person. You're a fucking scumbag. After everything that I have seen in terms of the comments and reaction to Larkin being knocked out on the ice, fuck your entire fan base. There's, I, I'm not taking it back. I'm not having a, no, a nice conversation. You might have something nice to say. I'll say, good on you. The, the entire team, it's the one team in the fucking league that you see constant issues with whoever they're playing against. You don't see this shit every game with all these other teams. You don't see it with the likes of Toronto. You don't see it with Chicago. Historical rivals with Detroit. You didn't even see this garbage type of shit outside of the Lemieux hit on um, fucking Draper back in the day. That spurred that rivalry, but that was because that was a rivalry. You know why? 
because those teams beat each other to then go on and win a Stanley Cup. This isn't a rivalry. This is scumbag fucking hockey, if you even want to call it hockey, from a scumbag team and organization that have fans that back it up and cheer it on when players are fucking unconscious on the ice. Get fucked. I mean, you saw it the previous games with the Senators. They go down and they start losing and they become giant babies and start uh, like the Florida game where literally everyone got a game misconduct because Ottawa, whenever they start losing, they start crying and it becomes diaper time and They're they dirty. lose their they shit on the ice. They are hockey team. They are the definition of dirt. But for the fans to basically say, oh, we hope Larkin's career is over and uh, there were some really... Really, really ugly. Now, again, there were some Red Wings fans with some terrible comments to Matthew Joseph, which is not good, not acceptable. Uh, we don't condone the terrible comments to people and wishing that they were dead and wishing that they were paralyzed and all of that. But it was literally every single. I don't know what makes it worse is that the senators fans are so jaded by their team can do no wrong that they just say whatever online and it's apparently right for a large chunk of their base to say the things that they've said is absolutely inexcusable that's the problem it's not hockey it's not a rivalry none of it is it's not civil it's not warranted for that matter like you're you're just a literal piece of shit at this point and i don't i'm not taking it back you can call me all those things i just called you i don't care i'm not the one saying that I hope a guy's career is over because of the hit. I want justice against Joseph. Fisher fought him and punched him right in the face. That worked for me. I wish Perron would have taken that cross check to Zub and put that on jo Joseph's fucking head. Because after the shit that Joseph's done to Larkin in the past and then doing this, he fucking deserves it. He's a, no different than any other uh, fucking Kachuk at this point. The way that they play. They're a dirty ass team and they deserve the penalties. But what are they not getting? A penalty. Oh, I'm sorry. They got a two-minute call for roughing. Sorry. Two minutes. That's all that deserved. Guy unconscious on the ice. Nothing to see here. Kelly got two minutes for roughing. Joseph got two minutes for roughing. I don't know in what world that shouldn't have been a major penalty. Um, generally, if you absolutely... If you, if you not no, have the worst part is they called a major penalty. And they reviewed it. Oh, they said they only it. got two minutes. Yeah. Make it make sense. You have a guy unconscious on the ice. And this just plays in perfectly to the bullshit that is the Department of Player Safety. You've had several incidents the last several days over oh, the last couple of days of guys skating down the ice at near full speed, pushing another dude and also checking them right in the numbers into the boards, both extremely dangerous plays. One of them was called a two minute boarding. Both should have been at least a four, if not a five minute major. Neither was the good Branson one was arguably worse. That happened. What last Much night or two nights ago? And he went down. He popped up because he the fucking adrenaline and rage kicked in. And no penalty was called there. And then he ends up getting a one game suspension because the players are now having to police themselves because these officials in this player safety division is so fucking incompetent to do their own goddamn job. The rule's pretty clear. Forceful contact of a player, defenseless player, into the boards. And then you got fucking fuckheads out there saying that players need to protect themselves better. You're going 15, 20 miles an hour down the ice. How am I supposed to protect myself going into boards? I'm supposed to just slow down and be like, wait, brace, don't play the puck, don't continue what I'm doing. Blow it out your ass. 
this this league is becoming absolutely the last three days alone for the calls or non calls that have been made is completely it's a mockery of of sport at this point. And I thought NFL officials have t- had taken the cake. The NHL and Department of Player Safety are now the worst in all sports. The Dropping the Gloves podcast, John Scott's podcast, tweeted out a uh, weekend recap, which was Joseph cross-checked Larkin in the head, Fron cross-checked Zub in the head, Cousins hit Gabranson from behind, Strom knee a knee on Kyle Connor. says, does the NHL have a problem with respect between the players? And my response was, it's a refing problem and a result of weak to zero consequences from NHL player safety for dangerous plays, which you just mentioned. I said, what we'll see now, and it's what's going to happen for the next little while here, is a week of overcalling. So they're going to call absolutely everything. We've already seen one of those against Detroit. Yeah. And that's going to cause more frustration. And it's going to change the outcomes of games because you're overcalling things. So you're going to see a bunch of calls on stuff, which we've been actually seeing lately. That aren't really calls. High sticking is now a phantom penalty. It just happens out of thin air. Whether when someone wants to call a high sticking, it they call it. The league cannot control its own product, and that is on Gary Bettman. And the reason that's on Gary Bettman is a he's the commissioner of the sport, and b he has a long-standing point that he says hockey does not cause CTE, and that CTE is not an issue. So they won't call these because yeah. they don't think they're dangerous. That's the problem. So you're going to be wait until someone is seriously injured or paralyzed or killed on the ice in order to take action. And that's the big, big problem. Because when you run into that, then everything stops. There will be no more. You're basically going to play flag hockey at that point. Even the NFL and all of its fucking ridiculous rules, like they go out of their way to protect certain players now from hits. Like the quarterback hits and roughing the passer. Don't get me started on that. Like that football, you're hitting somebody. It's whatever. But they're now, I think they're more consistent with kicking guys out for a dangerous hit on a a pass across the middle on a defenseless receiver. I, I think there's probably been arguably more. I'd have to look it up, but I can think of a couple plays right now off the top of my head where guys have been kicked out of a game because of a dangerous hit over the middle. But then you look at even just the last couple of days and Really, the last month of hits on the Red Wings players. Straighten the numbers, right into the boards. Nothing. Like, one league is sort of making an effort. The other league says they're making an effort. One's doing, one's not. And the fucked up part is, it's the NFL that's doing the right thing most of the time. And then there's the NHL who just can never get out of their own fucking way. Yeah, I think that the even worse part about it is... A lot of kids watch the NHL and play hockey. And when you don't, when you make it seem like it's okay, junior hockey is going to get much worse. Mm-hmm. You're going to see dirty hits like this. But in they junior. took fighting out, Greg. There's no more fighting. Didn't they just, they only took it out in the queue, I think. Um, I thought it was across the board, but you could be correct. But you're going to make it more dangerous. That's what's going to happen. You're going to see dumb kids do stuff like this because it's okay that the guys are doing it and they don't get in trouble for it. Yeah. And I think it needs to start with Peros needs to be immediately removed. He cannot be head of player safety anymore. He's turned the entire thing into a joke. The board of governors will never do it, but Gary Bettman should no longer be the NHL commissioner. No, Absolutely we, not. We've been, been on that train for, for a long time and it's now become even more evident. Been saying it for years, but he makes them money. So they will never kick him out. Well, yeah, they're already projected to have their best year in ever. Yeah. 
Again, yep. consecutive years now, they're going to have record revenue. The other thing I brought up is that the Board of Governors should immediately discuss a red flag system for the league. They need to be able to immediately challenge plays that are missed by the refs. And they need the video room in Toronto to do it. Because you've got eyes on every single game. And there is absolutely zero reason that a major like boarding like happened to Gabranson or the knockout to Dylan Larkin should be left up to ref discretion. No. That is not a personal discretion issue. A player was seriously injured. A player like Dylan Larkin is going to miss over a week of time. And all that was called was a two minute roughing. That is absolutely insane. And that should never happen in a professional league. It is embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing to this league. And I guess the only other thing we can talk about from this. No, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Did you, did you see the Alan Walsh tweet from 815? So just a little bit ago. No. Let me post this for you here. The his it is quote the the NHL's kangaroo court suspended two games for this, which this is Austin Matthews cross checking Rasmus Dahlin in the side of the face, but they banned David Perron six games. Make, make it make sense. I'm going to post this tweet, so hopefully you can actually embed this into the video as well. Yeah, that's the other part of it that we hadn't gotten to. David Perron, um, as soon as Dylan Larkin was seemingly knocked unconscious, actually knocked unconscious. On the ice, David Perron just saw his captain laying there and Artem Zub bending over him and just took a cross check right to the side of uh, yep. Zub's face. Not cool. Not necessary. Understand why it happened. David Perron was seeing red at that time and went after the closest thing, the guy who was standing over his captain. But David Perron, in, in, it's just, I guess, poetically ironic that NHL players' safety posts David Perron has been suspended for six games for cross, cross-checking Artem Zub, and the picture they post is Dylan Larkin splayed out on the ice, and it's the picture for David Perron's suspension. Um, and then everyone in the comments is like, but what about the guy laying on the ice? What's happening to the players that did that to him? And the answer was, oh, they both already got their two-minute uh, two roughing penalty. Yeah. And I just... The past week has to be one of the worst weeks that the NHL has had for officiating and player safety. And I'm not sure how much more they can do this before people start to question it even more because the coaches can't question it. The second the coaches say anything about refing, because people are were saying that too. Why is Newsy not sticking up for the guys? Why is he not oh, he calling does. out the refs? There's a reason he got kicked out of a game last year. Yeah. There's a reason he's had already fines for his comments on officiating in-game. When you talk about the refs in a post-game presser, you're fined immediately. Gary Bettman does not allow anyone to say anything bad about the refs. And this season's been some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. And I've been watching hockey for a very long time. And this is some of the worst officiating ever. And when Tim Peel... Noted absolute garbage referee Tim Peel says that that should have been way more than a two-minute major or a two-minute minor penalty. Then you know that uh, it probably should have been more because if he would have called it, then I don't know what we're doing here. That's a guy we disagree with nine out of ten times. I'd say it's like 99 out of 100 times. Probably more appropriate that we've had heated discussions with. And it's just like, what? Now, there's a lot of people on that on the same bus. Like it's when you knock a dude out, it should be automatic. 
you should be suspended for how long they miss games. It I'll get I'll give the benefit of the doubt depending on the situation. It can be situational. It could be a a puck battle. Something happens. Whatever. That wasn't a puck battle. That was a straight fucking sucker punch to the back of the head. And I, you know what? I apologize for how many times I've said fucking tonight, but I really don't care. This episode gets a very large explicit warning. <laughs> you, you might might as well do like the the jackass intro of just a text of how many times we say it or do do the do the South Park counter. Every time I say it, just throw it up there on the screen. It, it's unacceptable. And for a league that is all they 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 claim that their player safety this, player safety that they're doing more to take things like this out of the game, but then you've got Alan Walsh calling you out on your bullshit. Then you've got ex officials calling you out on your bullshit. Like when's when's it going to end? To me, it's not going to happen anytime soon. We've already, we've it, like we've never really cared for anybody in charge of player safety. But I, this has absolutely been the worst ever under Peros, especially this season. And I know we'll get a bunch of comments on the YouTube video from okay. Senators fans. And again, it's just the Sens fans. And why does your fan base have to be like this? Why? I did not. What you would see is when there were dirty plays or bad hits, you would see it. it a good chunk of the opposing team, the, the guilty team fans say, yeah, that was a dirty hit. They deserve to be suspended. I can so think same of thing about three, Pran. three that I interacted with since that hit that said, Hey, that sucks with Larkin. That's it. The rest lifeless on the ice. None of them will say that. What... And they, they deny those people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Those None three will say that what Joseph did was wrong. No, they, not even not even that. They say that, the, that their fans aren't say, talking about Larkin being like that on the ice. They defend the fact that they've got so many scumbags on their fan base that they act like they don't even fucking exist. That's where I'm to the point of I just don't give a shit who, if you are a good fan of them or not at this point. I guess it's just when the human element leaves you and you're just uh, an Internet tough guy who wants to act like you're all cool and that's what they are. You got to understand that the person that's laying on the ground unconscious is a human, like it's an actual person and that that was a dirty play. But to go care. on just defending Matthew Joseph like he's your family and that he did nothing wrong and that we're all losers who are crying and all of that. It's like that's it's not cool, man. Like everyone in hockey announcer, everyone was worried when Larkin took that hit except for every single Senators fan, apparently. They all thought that was perfectly cool. So maybe take a step back from your absolute garbage basement team and learn how to become a decent human again. Because right now your entire care. fan base is and, an absolute... And those same scumbags are going to be in our comments bitching and moaning about what we had to say about it. And I really don't care. Like You, you have no way to defend the actions of what you're trying to defend. And you double, you've, they've doubled down on it day after day. It's almost it's somehow managed to be already worse than the back to back losses situation from March, which congratulations on winning regular season games like. It's just been a continuous downward trend for them having any self-respect. I, I didn't want to go that hard into it at this point, but it's it's, it's I don't fucking care. I, I don't have any respect for the Ottawa Senators fan base. 
They've got good players on their team. That's the worst part. And we've talked about this before. Like the skill is uncanny. Stutzla and Kachuk are two of the best players in hockey, but I can't respect them. I can't respect the team. And I, and because of their fans, I won't give them any time of day. And it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially when they like, they can't lose with grace. They just become giant babies. Yep. That's the other half of it. Like you're a professional hockey team, like get it together. You're going to lose some nights, but when you go down five and then you just start beating people up just because you're mad, like that's not a professional hockey team. Like get that out of here, man. Does Robbie Fabry look rough now? Is that two straight games? He's had a cut to the face. Uh, yeah. Well now his, the whole side of his face looks swollen. Oh, so. good. That's not good. So it is the end of the first. The Detroit Red Wings are losing to the Dallas Stars. Start of the one. Uh, they play the Blues tomorrow. So we do have a back to back followed by the Hurricanes and the Flyers. I guess the good thing is maybe not that good. The Flyers have been really good this season. Yeah. Carter Hart has playing like what we would expect. Yep. Uh, the Hurricanes have horrid goaltending. The Blues are not too great. Um, the stars, this is a game where we'll, I guess we'll see what happens in the second and third. I mean, it could be up a, a goal with 0.2 seconds left. Doesn't help your cause. No, not at all. So we'll see where this game goes, but Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off tonight. Uh, I can't say anything more about the Ottawa game because I'll start yelling and I can't yell because they're no, children. <laughs> not, I'm not giving them any more hits. I'm past that point. Only thing I'll say for final thoughts is uh go army beat Navy again, already around 33. Yeah, my final thoughts are uh, get it together. This is not the time to skid. You have a lot of games in December. This is probably the worst time to lose Dylan Larkin. Um, But hopefully it ends up being nothing serious long term and he can come back. He's going to come back with a vengeance and we don't play Ottawa again until the 31st of January. So we'll see what happens because that game could be fight night at LCA. I think they're home for that game. I'm pretty sure that's a home game. Uh, that is a home game. So it could be fight night at LCA. We'll see how that goes. And I hope uh, Clean Costin is in because he's been out sick. And uh, if he would have been in last night, I think it would have been a different story. I have that game for my package as well. So uh, that'll be nice. quite the night. I will request I request this one to go with you. <laughs> I request this one. What day is that? Uh, that is uh, January 31st. The Wednesday? The odds are good because I will be... Yeah, we'll talk. Odds are good. Nice. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod on all socials, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube. We're all over the place. Sub to our YouTube. Turn on notifications. We'll get notified whenever our videos go live. And uh, like our videos too. Boost us up. We get uh, kind of favorable ratings when we get likes. So that's really good for us. I'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on Twitter for hosting us and spreading us around. Let's give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. Uh, we're doing numbers in our Redbubble shop. So if you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line, you will find our merch there. I'm uh, in a design mood. So there's been a couple that have gone up. And the uh, NHL announce or the uh, national announcers versus Detroit hockey one is selling pretty good. And it's uh, more relevant, I guess. Did you get that? Uh, like a creator denied that one entirely. Mm-hmm. A printer denied it. So yeah. Redbubble prints through third parties and a third party saw that order come through and they're like, I don't want to print that. So I'm like, whatever. And they you replaced their order. You found an ex-official or announcer at that point. <laughs> I did. I found a Craig Buttons print shop or something. It was probably <laughs> is, is what happened. Um, but you can go find our merch there. 
Uh, if you use the promo code GRINDLINE at Howie's Hockey Tape, you get 10% off. Use that same promo code to bring hockey back. You'll get 12% off. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. Sorry for all the swearing. Uh, you stay classy hockey down. <laughs>